This episode of Cut the Foreplay and the entirety of the Ho 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 holiday special is brought to you by Samsung. Remember to hashtag join the flip side. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Welcome to another episode of Cut the Foreplay. My name is Nadia Favre. I'm your host for this and every other episode until the internet goes away. Ah, the last episode of the year. I know Ann Mora was supposed to be here with me today, but uh, I don't know if you know this about radio. December is peak. Client after client. Meeting after meeting. Hour after hour. Only something, something. I'm an educated fool with money on my mind. What song is that? I can't believe I even asked that question. It's obviously Coolio Gangsta's Paradise. One of the biggest revelations this year for me was uh, Sean Paul was interviewed and he was asked, what in the fuck do you say? Like, what are the things that you're saying in the background ad-libbing? And the biggest one is obviously he goes, Sean DePaul, Somika Soden. Nobody knows. I just make up things as I go. And he says with his full chest, he actually says, Chander Paul, like the Guyanese cricket player. Um, I cannot believe, I feel so lied to. This guy's name is Shivnarin Chander Paul. And apparently during a freestyle, before he even got famous, um, somebody said, I'm going to pass the mic to Chander Paul, like as a joke. And then it just caught on and he started saying it in all his tracks. Why was I not let in on this? People can say whatever they want about this man, but he makes straight up bangers. To me, Sean Paul makes songs that I want to get pregnant to. Sometimes I'm sitting alone in my car and I put my phone on shuffle and I'm still in love comes on and just the beat alone, I'm like, oh no, I'm going to miss a period. What am I gotta do? What am I gotta do? On my notes app on my phone, I have uh, Halloween ideas because I don't want it to be, you know, October and I'm like, I'm going to write this down. I think I could go as Sean Paul. The outfits, the bandana, the sunglasses, just me going, I think I could absolutely fucking smash it. This year, actually one of my highlights for this year is the fact that I went as cocaine bear for Halloween and my partner went as a bag of cocaine. (laughs) Such a niche reference, everybody was like, And what are you supposed to be? Um, sorry, I'm not dressed as fucking Mario and Luigi. Get off my dick. Okay, haram, I've already said three terrible words, and this episode is supposed to be super halal, so let's rewind. 2023 has been a really interesting year. I can't quite give it the same rating as COVID or, you know, like 2020 or 2021, but it feels like a weird purgatory. It feels like maybe season opening kind of energy, like that season of One Tree Hill where Peyton goes away and then she comes back with a straight bob and she looks delicious and she doesn't read the letter that Lucas wrote her and neither does Sophia Bush and nobody really knows what's going on. Nobody wants to talk about it, but they know there's a weird, still dense thing that's in the air. That's where we're at right now in 2023. And I thought the best thing to do was to sit down and recap every single thing that made me go, huh. I had a dangu ketichini tuanze. 
This first story has sent me into an absolute spiral. When I think of this woman, I will think of this year. Mervon Roja Moraes, who married a ragdoll made by her mother, celebrated a gender reveal for their second inanimate offspring. The Brazilian woman, 37, and her husband, Marcelo, already uh, parents to Marcelijo, announced the arrival of a girl named Marcela. I have a lot of... There's a lot to unpack here. I'm assuming how it went is uh, the mom's some kind of doll maker or this was her first project and Mary Vaughn looked over and was like, Dios mio, that is the most beautiful doll I've ever seen in my life. And the mother was like, oh, I love this for you, take it. And she touched fingers with the doll and felt a bit of electricity, didn't think anything of it. And in the night she couldn't sleep, she was tossing and turning, and then she looked over at the doll in the corner and thought, you know, why not? Why don't I just snuggle this doll for a minute? She puts him in there. Also, don't mean to assume Marcelo's pronouns, but they weren't listed here. They cuddle the first night and she has great sleep. Marcelo is her melatonin. The next night it happens again and again and again. Now it becomes this dirty little secret that she doesn't want to tell anybody that she's 37 years old and sleeping with a rag doll. But then one night, She's like, oh, it's time to get down dirty. I'm feeling a little bit cheeky. And that thing happens that happens to all of us where you're like, baby, I'm about to get there. And then the vibrator dies. And she looks over at Marcelo. Marcelo looks over at her. And then it's just Poundtown, Hump City. And the love came after. When I think about a situation like that, it feels like maybe it's a little bit normal, but if you just look at it objectively, I think the kid thing is a little bit odd, and you're wondering, are the kids human, or are they ragdolls? It's the latter. They're little ragdoll babies. I also want to point out that of all the ragdolls in the world, Marcelo is not very cute, and I really do have to say that's how you know that it's an emotional connection. I was never really one of those kids that had a Barbie or a doll or this that I was attached to. I was really attached to an old dirty pillow that I used to drag everywhere. It was so smelly and it gave me so much comfort. And my mom one day, I think, was just tired of it. She's like, she's gonna get like some kind of face fungus if she keeps using it. So I think she lit it on fire. Years later, I was super sick. I was admitted to the hospital for a couple of days and my mom got me a pillow from the gift shop. It was a little Garfield pillow. It said Garfield all over it. It was bright yellow. And in the center of this pillow was a 3D Garfield face. I was like, I have never seen anything so cool in my life. So then that became my second pillow that I was obsessed with. And at some point my mom was like, damn, this girl's getting too old for this pillow and I don't know what to do. Like I can't trick her this time around. Honestly, the universe sorted that ish out for her because my cousin, who is notorious for having the worst farts you have ever smelt in your life, like honestly, it smells like somebody put a dead animal in a wet sock and left it overnight. And I don't know what lives inside her, but it's pure evil. And one time she was over and doing her homework with my sister and I believe she farted on said pillow because when I went to cuddle it at night, <laughs> I left my body. I really do think I died, and this is just purgatory, because nobody should have such a scent near them in any capacity. Would I marry my Garfield pillow? No, because that's a double whammy. It's both objectophilia and bestiality. A couple of months ago, a clip went viral where a woman is seen yelling aboard a flight bound for Orlando while attempting to point out somebody she loudly proclaims to be, quote, not real. 
So the person recording the incident made the impromptu filmmaking choice of quickly panning towards the back of the plane to catch a would-be glimpse at this motherfucker back there that isn't real. But you don't really see much. And that woman is so convinced. If you are living under a rock and you haven't uh, seen this video, just listen to it. But I am telling you right now, that motherfucker mother back there is not real. And you can sit on this plane and you can fucking die with them or not. When I watched an interview of her later, she said that uh, she really didn't see anything. I can hear her drunkness, you know what I mean? So I don't know if she, in a moment of inebriation, had so much clarity that she saw into the other world or she, <laughs> I don't know what was happening there, or she was just a drunk bitch acting a fool. But easily one of the best moments of 2023 because everybody was like, aliens exist 100%. Look at what the Pentagon has been saying lately. Some people, as the camera pans, out that just the plane some people screenshot the rest of the seats and then put you know the 2002 live action version where <laughs> scooby-doo's wearing the hat and a floral dress and everybody's like that is who she saw. I would also really love to point out the fact that this kind of disruption could only happen to a white woman where there are no ramifications for her actions. If I would have done that as a Middle Eastern woman on a flight, somebody's fist would have been in my ass like close to immediately. Speaking of white people, two memoirs really stood out this year. I'm talking about Prince Harry's Spare and Britney's memoir, The Woman in Me. Ho, whoa, 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 whoa. One of these people beloved, the other not so much. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have really, I don't know what they have started, but the public absolutely hates them. And I feel like I'm the only person in the world who doesn't feel that way. Everybody's like, you you got so much privilege. My God, she's a woman of color and he's a ginger. I think they're bottom of the barrel just like the rest of us. But I also have a lot of conspiracy theories on the monarchy and how they did away with uh, Diana. So I don't think I'm the right person to ask. I haven't quite read the memoir yet. It's on my list. I've already purchased it. I know it's going to be super spicy. It became the number one best-selling memoir of all time. But immediately short-lived because my girl Brittany was like, okay, <laughs> hold my knives. She was like, you are going to write a memoir? Mm -mm -mm. Hold my low-rise shorts. Within the first few days, she absolutely smashed his win. And Britney has been killing it in general. Last year, she rid herself of the conservatorship. Blessed be the fruit with that. This year, she has a best-selling memoir. She's thinking about a Vegas residency. And she continues to do her dances and show you the entirety of her midriff every single day on Instagram. If that's not a win, I don't know what is. In it, she talks a lot of shit about Justin Timberlake as she is justified to. She says that one, he forced her into an abortion. Number two, he basically painted this picture that she cheated and she's this horrible person. That's why he came up with Crimea River, where he insinuates that very heavily. The backlash was so bad that him and his wife, Jessica Biel, and their kids had to go to Mexico to get away from all of it. He was hopeful that NSYNC was going to have a uh, reunion tour or that he was going to make new music and have a tour, but everybody was like, shut the fuck up, Justin. And I am so pleased to exist in a world where Justin Timberlake feels like shit. More recently, when he was performing, he was like, uh, oh, this next song, blah, 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 and then Crimea River, like, do, 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 starts to play, and he goes, no disrespect. Not a beat later, Britney goes to Instagram 
and writes the following comment, quote, I never even mentioned how I'd beat him in basketball and he would cry. No disrespect. I just... <laughs> Justin Timberlake should just shut up. I hope both Britney Spears and my girl Janet Jackson come together and create the ultimate albums and and sell out stadiums and really live their best lives because they deserve it. No single noodle-haired white man should ever do that to two queens. I don't know what they were putting in white people's bland potatoes this year, but they really came out and said, nah, it's clapback season. Now that I've told you about how spectacular the camera quality is, how portable it is with my tiny little Z Flip 5, I do want to tell you about how wonderful my life is that I don't have to be attached to the wall charging my phone. As somebody who's always on the go, somebody who's always in a studio or doing my shows on the road, the typical battery life of the Galaxy Z Flip 5 allows me to watch 20 hours of video playback. And for me, it's a lot of audio and I get to listen for up to 57 hours on my phone. And if I know I'm going to be on location or on the road for quite a while, I just enable the low power mode and it keeps the fun flowing forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. I can't hit notes higher than that, but you can use the hashtag cut the foreplay and remember to hashtag join the flip side. A woman in Kenya bought her parents a house by showing her hoo-ha on OnlyFans. And I find this to be one of the most insane headlines ever because of how conservative or pseudo-conservative we are here in Kenya. And also tied together with the fact that people really value taking care of their parents. So it's two very opposite things coming together, but still getting to the destination that people want. What do you even say if you are like a Christian father or a Christian mother and your kid comes home to you and goes, let's go for a little ride. You get to some house and she hands you the keys and she goes, this is for you. I worked hard for you. And after months or years, I have delivered. A couple of months, couple of weeks, whatever it is. Obviously, they know now because the headline came out like that. It was in everywhere on social media. What would they really think? I don't know what their religious beliefs are. I don't know if they're conservative or not, but I'm just saying for a typical Kenyan family, you know, whether in Mombasa or Nairobi or Kitale or blah, 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 blah. I just wonder what the reaction will be. Will they be like, no, this is devil money. I absolutely cannot, you know, or just even if they aren't conservative, just like sitting in the chair, looking outside going, damn, that's beautiful. My daughter's vagina bought me this wonderful safe haven. How beautiful does your lady flower slash honeypot have to be for somebody to be able to purchase a house from that money? Oddly enough, this story didn't really play out this year. It happened a couple of years ago, but I found out about it in 2023 and it has really, really stuck with me. It's so eerie. This year specifically, not that I set out to do this, but for some reason I kept on stumbling upon a lot of Native American content, rather Native American related content. The first one was a podcast episode about utopias and it essentially was talking about how colonialism was privatized in order to reach the U.S. Other countries like Spain had a budget. <laughs> Their monarchy had a budget for colonization and England didn't. And England wanted to settle, I'm doing air quotes, England wanted to colonize uh, what is now the U.S. And the only way to do that is if they had money. So they were like, why don't we approach 
wealthy businessmen and form this company and tell them to invest. What we're going to say is that we're going to spread the good word of the Lord. Christianity will be our front. So a lot of people invested. They got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of fucking money. And the Virginia Town Company moved over to the U.S. They would send reports back home on uh, <laughs> how well they're doing or how they need more investment. And I think that's absolutely crazy. You know, when I thought about the way colonization would have happened before, you know, the aggressive smallpox blankets, them stealing food from the natives because they didn't know how to farm those lands. Those things were what I pictured. I The slow movement of like getting investment and stuff like that is absolutely crazy. So that's one of the first things I stumbled on. And then I watched Killers of the Flower Moon. If you haven't watched that, super eerie. It's going to leave you feeling very weird. Essentially, it's about a group of white people that move into a settlement where native people are extremely wealthy. They marry into the families and kill them one by one, wiping out an entire population. And it's always the husband. It's so funny to see that nothing has changed over time because when you look at a lot of crime that happens, to women present day, often it is the spouse, when it comes to murder at least. Seasons come and go. <laughs> but it brings us to this very moment, one of the craziest fun facts that I've ever had for you in my life. There is a show called Finding Your Roots. This is what it's about. <clears throat> Educator Henry Louis Gates Jr. has hosted several PBS series that examine U.S. history. In Finding Your Roots, the Harvard professor continues to his quest to get into DNA of American culture. In each episode, celebrities view ancestral histories, sometimes learn of connections to famous or infamous people, discover secrets, and share the emotional experience with viewers, analyzing genetic DNA diagnosticians, trace bloodlines, and occasionally debunk long-held beliefs. Now, the long story of my native content journey this year leads up to this. On this specific episode of Finding Your Roots, Edward Norton, you know, the actor with the raisin head, he's in Fight Club, American History X, Italian Job, Red Dragon. I found out that Edward Norton, his 12th great-grandmother, was revealed to be Pocahontas. That white-ass man's ancestor is Pocahontas, and I absolutely cannot believe that. It really shook me to my very core, because you know when you're talking to white people, especially for me growing up in North America, you'll talk to the whitest man alive, and he'll, he'll be like, I'm actually 116th Native American, and you're like, I wish you would just shut your spiceless mouth and never say those words to me. <laughs> And now I'm rethinking everything because when I looked at the history, I was like, this person is a product of both a marginalized person and somebody who just completely came to wreak havoc. You know, just I guess, I mean, they're it's just tough because they're like white presenting. I'm like, I don't want to give you that, but you also don't want to take that away. For instance, if I procreated with a white person today, 10 generations from now, if my child, my grand, great, good, good, good child was completely white presenting and they're like, actually, you know, I'm one tenth, blah, 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 and nobody believed them, I would feel f fucking heartbroken because I'm like, why am I being erased? Edward Norton, our native king, I don't want to erase Pocahontas and I don't know what to do with this information, so I thought I would share it with you. Speaking of celebrities, Jamie Foxx and Jeremy Renner almost died this year. Super weird. Jamie Foxx, I think, sued Daily Loud because they kept on spreading misinformation saying that he was on the brink of death. So everybody was super scared. Everybody was like, what the heck's going on? And turns out he was super sick. So it's very interesting to see how the media works because 
because they would post things like, oh, it's his last days. And then his daughter would post something saying, my dad's getting much better. And everybody would be like, who are we supposed to believe? I don't know. Believe the person that's in the room with him. Jeremy Renner got into a uh, snowplow accident. He was like completely mangled and came back to life. And I love that for him. Somebody said that uh, we... I am dead because this is so true. Somebody said, oh, I can see that Jamie Foxx is okay now. Like he's definitely well because uh, he was spotted going on a date with yet another white woman. He was super cute with Katie Holmes, though. I can't lie. They would be my couple pick for sure. I would be like, sorry, can I get in there with you guys? As we watch reruns of Dawson's Creek. Really peaking with this story because I heard a couple of months ago and my year has never been the same. I... (laughs) I just want you to give it a listen. I have a crazy story. This friend of mine, she was studying in Spain. She had a roommate. She started talking to this guy and they were talking for like a few weeks. And the guy was like, hey, why don't you come over? I'll cook you dinner. And she was first like a little apprehensive. She was like, should I go to his house? But eventually she went. He made her like this nice dinner and they ate. And then suddenly she really felt like shitting. <laughs> and she was very apprehensive. She was like, yo, should I do it here? Like, what should I do? Should I just leave right now? Oh, no. She tells the guy like, hey, I want to use your bathroom. Is that-? He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Let me just go into my bathroom. Make sure everything's like clean and nice for you. He comes out maybe seven, eight minutes later and this girl has shat herself. She has shat herself and there's like shit leaking out of her dress and everything. Okay, wait. She's crying. She's sobbing. Obviously, he's like, you know what? Don't worry. Just go into my bathroom. I'll clean all of this up. She takes a shower and she comes out. This dude has wiped the shit all over himself and he's like, yo, let's do it. No, 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 no. At that point, she doesn't know what to do. Her friends just like, leave. Don't stay there anymore. Just leave. So she leaves. She posted this on Reddit. Three months later, someone replied on that Reddit saying, I went on a date with this same guy and the same thing happened to me. He's been putting laxatives in the food. He's putting, oh my my God. Oh shit. Oh my God. Right? No, that's crazy. He's a threat to society, man. This year, ChatGPT absolutely took over. The fact that we can talk to AI right now is one of the weirdest and horniest thing that's ever happened in our lives. I cannot believe I can write to somebody who isn't really there and they respond to me like a person. I used the one specifically on Snapchat. You know how you can change their outfits and whatnot. I named her Najma. She's a person of color and she's a queen. And I ask her absolutely everything. I'm like, hey, how do I get to Terminal 5 in Heathrow? And she's like, and answers everything. I know that shouldn't be surprising, but technology is fucking crazy. So the only correct way to end this episode and this year is that I have written to Najma and I said Najma and then she said who the fuck is that because she doesn't really remember that her name is Najma but I said Najma can you write me a poem about a sexy radio host in Nairobi with curly hair and then she did and I said can you add that she's attracted to her audience because I am then she wrote another poem and I said sexier and more attraction to the audience and this is what she came up with In Nairobi town, where the air is hot, there's a radio host, a tempting shot. With curly hair that's wild and free, their voice seduces, captivating me. They spin the tunes, a sensual dance. Their words ignite a passionate trance. 
their attraction to the audience, it's true. A magnetic pull drawing us through. With every whisper, a shiver down the spine. Oh, that's sexy. Their sultry voice, it's simply divine. They tease and tantalize, leaving us weak. In their presence, desire reaches its peak. So here's to the sexy radio host we adore. In Nairobi's heart, they'll forever explore. With curly hair that's as tempting as can be. And an irresistible attraction to you and me. 